Hey, it's Dina Blizzard with silver hair, and you're watching One Funny Morning. Welcome to One Funny Morning Show. From Monday to Friday. And sometimes on Saturday. Why would you say that for all these people? You never know what's going to happen. Carmen. Cortez. Good morning, everybody. What's outside your weather door? Good morning. Happy, 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 everybody. Hello, I'm Barb Bruce from Lake Villa in Northern Illinois. I would like to introduce my two golden retrievers. This one's Tegan. She's seven, and she has a major Colby problem with the poop. And this is Riker, and he does not know anything about personal space, and he has a thing for licking people's toes. They really didn't want me to say anything about their problems, but I told them that this was a safe place to reveal their issues. And now, welcome to One Funny Morning with the wonderful and very funny Dina Blizzard. I love it. Barbara, good morning. Good morning. Barbara, thank you for revealing all your dog's issues. I actually feel a little bit better. Good morning, everybody. Ah, Nicole, I was up all morning. I was up at six o'clock this morning trying to work on my hair. <laughs> so here we are. Uh, Jessica and Marie. Let me put my little heater on. Hold on. Um, Carol, it was an emotional day yesterday. Um, do I look different? I feel like I look really different. And the lighting changes everything. So it was a it was a thing. So let's just let's just get into it. We have a guest coming on later. He don't care about my hair. So let's just get it out of the way. Um, so I don't know. I think it's going to look really different in lots of different light. So, um, yeah, I seriously thought you would be blonde. Lucy, there's definitely some blonde. So um, you can see that the original white is still here. Um, she added some like blonde highlights, but then trying to kind of warm them a bit. So, um, so that it doesn't have like a shelf. You know what I'm talking about? Um, I thought it was going to be all white. So did I, Kathy. Did you see my face in the video? Yeah. Um, I know. So Melanie, so this is my actual color. So if you were to zoom in, which I'll do that, um, there's still like, like salt and pepper here. And then the part that was like light brown, she glazed from here down so that it matches. She did a really good job of matching the color of my actual head. Mm-hmm. Carrie Lee. Yeah, no, I, it's so funny because on TikTok, I feel like you could see this. It was funny because she said, I think this side has, um, yeah, did you see the, the look on my face? Mm-hmm. She, uh, she was so good and she was like a hairdresser slash therapist yesterday. I just... I don't know. I was really like set, like I'm going to do my haircut this week and I'll just look like a crazy person for another week. And then next week I'll be ready and we'll have talked about it. And I'll be like, guys, I'm changing my color today, but it all happened super fast. And she was like, yeah, I have some time. So we're just going to do it. And I was like, 
So um, what will you do with your eyebrows? Color them silver? Obviously. <laughs> the back is really dark, Kathy. This is, I think, the color that I actually am. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the blonde, it's funny. And again, I feel like you could actually see it a little bit better in TikTok. Yeah, jump over to TikTok for a second. Um, you can see a lot more white and it's, and it's funny because if I flip it, which I don't want to do, I don't want to do it on the first, I don't want to mess it up on the, aren't all hairdressers therapists? She literally looked at me. She was like, are you crying? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think it's going to grow on me. I think that, um, I was a little worried. Me too, Renee. Um, and I think that this will all kind of dull a little, you know, as it continues to come in. So the good thing is, is that she didn't take away any of the silver that I had uh, in here. And um, so I don't feel like I'm starting over. And the parts that had like permanent hair color, which was that light brown, um, she just glazed over. So as this kind of, because I'm probably to like here now. And that was five months. So in another five months, by summer, the part that'll be left will probably be down to here. Um, she is a hair genius. And Laurie, she was so patient because I, she would be like, this is what I think we're going to do. And then she'd tell me. And then I just stare at her. She's like, what, what do you do? I go, I don't know what you're saying. And I really am trying hard to understand what you're saying, but I don't. <laughs> I just... Um, so, and I think in different lighting, it'll look different. And I mean, if I pull my hair up to do like, to go to the gym or something, like it's straight silver, but it's just really in the front of my hair. Um, it's very weird. And, and it was so funny. And I, and I, I want to say this because she said it yesterday and I thought it was um, really important to just kind of think about is, you know, I kept, I kept like, even going up to this appointment, I kept like taking pictures of women that I saw with like silver hair or silver highlights. And I'm showing them to her. I'm like, hey, I saved this so I can show it to you. I saved this so I can show it to you. Save this so I can show it to you. She goes, okay, these are lovely, but these don't look like you. Like everybody's silver grows in different. It's not like you can say like, hey, I saw a redhead and I want you to look at me. I want, I want to look like this. Like if you're talking about going to your, uh, to your natural silver, like that's going to look so different. And so she was just so good about just saying like, listen, you have to like, it's a process. It's not going to be overnight. And so, um, so Patty, it's so funny because I came home last night and I was like, I, pr I purposely didn't see anybody. My mom's like, send pictures. I'm, like, I'm not sending any pictures. <laughs> it's just not ready. And I walk in the house, Dean and I sat here and talked for like an hour while I was getting some work done. He didn't say a word, not a word about it. Didn't nothing. We just talked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just nothing. Then he went back downstairs. Maybe an hour later, Brooke showed up and Brooke was like, Hey, what'd you do to your hair? I was like, what? What? What is it? D I think I could have seen 17 men that I like see all the time. And they'd be like, so how was your day? I'd be like, well, traumatic, you know, just I'm old and I had to lean into gray and I'm almost positive. I'm going to use Ben Gay next week. Like it just a whole thing. Nothing. Women, 
I could, I could have been down the street in a dark alley. Did you get your hair done? I did. I did. Mm-hmm. No, classic, classic Dean, classic man. So yeah, so a glaze, um, the only thing that she did to my hair that was permanent, and again, I must have asked her 17 times because I was like, I don't really know what you're saying. She's like, we don't want to touch the parts that you're growing out. And <clears throat> she was really adamant, which I like because I feel like you need to be working with a, a hairdresser or someone that you trust and you like, who's like helping you through the process. Um, so she didn't touch any of the, any of the silver. So everything that's like close to my head, even back here is all original, like to here. And so she, the glaze that she put on, um, is semi-permanent. So it'll wash out. Um, and that light Brown will eventually start to show up again. Um, she said, so we'll probably glaze it again, uh, in a few months. Um, I think she's highlights. And after that, it's, yeah, she used a lot of those words. Jurgen. Um, so the front actually has like some very light blonde. It almost looks like uh, if your gray started to yellow, like a little bit. Um, but it's perfect for me because um, it's better than, you know, so, so, and it was funny because I was like, is this what I look now? She was like, no, no, I don't know what you're going to look like. And she just kept saying that. And it was, I think it was just good for me to hear She's like, this is just to help you transition, you know, for, and I've seen, and everybody transitions differently. So, um, I don't know. I feel like we're talking about something completely different, which is probably still on point, but we're growing your silver out transition, um, that, uh, some people just let it go natural and you do see the shelf, um, and they kind of watch that process. Um, and I, I got to hear, <laughs> And she was like, we don't have to do it if you don't want to. And I was like, I don't see why I wouldn't. You know, I think I think that everybody's journey to silver can look really different. Um, I think some people, you know, really want to be able to see that process of it kind of growing out. And then they have like that patch at the bottom and they're waiting. I don't need to be that girl. I'm cool. I know, I know where this bus is headed. <laughs> I, know, I know the last stop, but I don't. I don't need to see all the stops of the train. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I know. And so I'm really just trying to look at the whole process and just say, it'll be nice to see uh, a different way to show silver. I don't know. It was just so funny because I, I said to her, I wish there was a picture of somebody that I could show that has like long, dark hair with silver. And I know a few, and I more and more people are doing it. And so I know some people had said like, hey, look up this person, look up this person. But the fact that you have to say, look up this person means there's like six of us. <laughs> so just, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, my hair hubby is a genius too. So um yeah, so this is it. And it was so funny because, you know, I was, I was there for a while. I thought I was going for a haircut at three o'clock and I'd be done at four. Uh, I don't even, I think it was six o'clock when I walked out um, because she kept glazing. I guess this, these words will mean something to you, Jurgen, or any hairdresser. She was glazing or toning or something, but she would say, I'm going to rinse it and dry it. 
a little tail dry so I can see the color. And if I don't like it, I might do another process. I don't know. Um, so yeah, she was great. So, um, and I think the cut helped, but it's just so funny. Um, because I'm so used to like different highlights in the back. What makes it a glaze? Um, so the glaze, and again, feel free to, uh, correct me. Uh, from what I understand, when the, the glaze that she put over the back is semi-permanent. It's not a permanent color. And uh, the permanent color I had was the light brown, which isn't my natural color. So she put the glaze over it so that I don't have that shelf anymore. Um, how often do you have to glaze? Uh, she said it'll be a little while, a couple months. So, you know, I might, I might do another glaze before I grow everything out. Tones the highlights. Um, so yeah, I have a glaze on mine. So, so a lot of times, like if you get highlights, like in the summertime, if they hit the sun a lot, then they turn a funny color and then she'll be like, we can put a glaze on it, tone it down. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's a process for the process. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to know all the words. Yeah. No, it wasn't bad. Um, Joyce. Thanks, Tanya. Um, yeah. It says, my friends say they really love my natural gray hair, but none of them are doing it. So do they really like it? I know. I know. It was funny. It was just, uh, taught my first voiceover improv class. Oh, good, Chris. Um, so, um, she said, I said, am I supposed to use a special shampoo now? And she said, um, she goes, you can use purple shampoo, but she said, just be careful. Just don't use it a lot or your hair will turn blue. She goes, that's where the two, the term blue hair comes from. It's just they use that purple shampoo too much and then it just goes blue. So you, uh, you I don't know. That's next. I got to read up on just to, how to care for it. I don't know. I have auburn red hair. I've never dyed it. I'm getting grays on top. I want to do something, but so nervous. Yeah, Tiffany. Find a great hairdresser who's willing to talk you through the process. Um, I use Olaplex Purple like once a week. That's what Steak, steak said. Um, isn't what you thought it was. Renee, when she was like, well, let's go back to your natural color. I was like, where is it? <laughs> Nicole, happy 40th birthday. I use half purple shampoo, half regular once a week, said Charlotte. Okay. I use purple once a week. Once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, purple shampoo once a month. What is purple shampoo? Patty, it's for silver hair. And I have a feeling you're going to hear more and more about it as more people, um, you know, embrace their silver in some capacity. Uh, but it is so interesting, like, um, while we were sitting there for a few hours, um, a woman walked in, uh, with her mom and her mom, you know, has the little walker and everything and she's going to sit down to get her hair done and, um, her hair, not a lick of dark, just pure white, pure white, beautiful. And she goes walking by. I said, Allison, that's what I think my head looks like. She goes, you don't look anything like 
<laughs> and that was, I think, the part that, uh, you know, silver and platinum and all of these beautiful colors, uh, they show up in different patterns for women. And so um, I don't know if it's for blondes as well. Um, takes the yellow out of my silver hair. Oh, I use purple shampoo to brighten my blonde hair. Oh, so yeah. Um, so because I feel like I'm not there yet and I'm getting more white. Well, I think that that's like such a personal question. I think that when you're ready, you're ready. And I feel like even if you think you might be ready, I don't think you're ever ready. Let me put it that way. Like I've been doing this for five months and I went yesterday and she did the thing and the thing and the thing. And uh, as she's blow drying it, um, I just started to well up. She's like, what's going on? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think this is probably what I really look like. I think it just, uh, I don't know. Maybe crossing over to the old lady side. <laughs> just like, I will say goodbye to youthful land as I journey to the land of, I don't give a crap. And uh, it's wonderful. There's a lot of people with silver hair. Yeah, my bank account made the, the, the decision for me. Well, Sherry's not wrong. Time made the decision. Money made the decision. And I just felt like... Um, I just felt like I was chasing something that I was just like, God, don't want this anymore. Um, and I think that that might be, but I know, I mean, she said there's a lady that comes every two weeks and colors her hair. And I just, I was getting close and I was just like, no, it's time. So um, this color is toned down the stark difference. So it's, yeah, that thanks. And it's funny because there's never going to be a man that gets on a talk show and for the first half hour is like, guys, can we talk about my gray for a second <laughs> or for an hour? <laughs> and you're not going to be like, guys, I was crying. <laughs> you're not going to do that. It's just so funny. People always said I'm older than I am. So the gray wasn't a big deal for me. I barely go every four months for a haircut. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I wonder how long I'll be able to go. It'll be 70 May and my crepe arms wake me up with a scare. <laughs> yeah. Remind me a moment and give me a smile and a hug. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, I think Lisa, it's going to look different in, in like lots of different light. Um, this is like a combination of natural because of the door here. And um, my natural hair is as dark as Dina's. Well, it used to be, said Moon. Moon were basically twinsies. So, um and I saw how light it was. Yeah. Yeah, Beth, I like it. I was a little shocked in the video. You could kind of tell. I was like, gosh, what have I done? I thought I was just going to be completely. I was like, it was. It was just so much. Um, so we'll see. But it is interesting, too, because she said, I said, you know, it seems to be coming in like not wiry. You know, like, I'm like, it looks like it's healthy. And she was like, we still won't know. I was like, oh, every time, every time I think I've, I'm like, it's going to be fine. She was like, nah, could just totally go wrong. <laughs> like, Great. So, um, 
Yeah, Karen, all of the silvers, sexy and silver. That's what I'm going with. Mm -hmm. Well, that was the other thing, Renee. I was like, I don't know, like, what color shirts look good with this? Do what, what do you? I don't know. What changes now? I don't know. I was really shocked by the texture change with having a full head of silver. What's it like, Melanie? I know, Robin. It's a lot. I have blonde hair with lots of grays. I kept wondering what it will look like in years. Yeah, Kendra. I think um, I think part of it is just kind of changing. Because to me, it looks like highlights, right? I mean, I put the blonde in. But like here, you can see it a little better. But you can see like where she kind of glazed. Like this is, it's less dramatic than it was before, um, which is good. But. Yeah, pa oh, Paula, it's good to see you. Is it Paula? Who were you, Paula? Arkansas? She was a Miss America with me. I love my Miss America sisters are fighting each other with our silver. Oh, we should do a picture with all of us. How many years is it? It was Miss America 95. Is next year 30? It's been 30 years since Miss America. Wow. So you do this every month for a while? No. I don't want to do anything every month. No, I'll be. I'll get my hair cut in a couple of weeks and we'll check the color. Um, but probably in a couple of months, she'll glaze it again and then we'll just keep letting it grow. Yeah. And our hair looks gorgeous. Of course it does. Thanks, Judy from Saskatoon. Um, thanks, Brooke. I still realize shampoo once a week. My silver is also because my old hair was very thin. The thicker texture is good for my gray. It's easier to manage. Hmm. Wow. Well, I did. Robin, I was like, and you got to do, because uh, Judy from Saskatoon was like, Dina, you need to have a strong lip. And just so you know, this is a strong lip for me. because I don't know how to do a strong lip. <laughs> I don't know that I'll ever do it. But apparently you're supposed to do things different. Hey, Sebastian. Um, I know that would be nice. A Miss America reunion show. Where are they now? They're all tired and a lot bigger than they were at Miss America. And a lot of silver. So, uh, that might've been Dean in his underwear. Did you see him? Did anybody see a boy walk around his underwear? I'm not going to deny that that's on the table. Um, yeah, Barb, it'll be. Exactly. I have it, Shakendra. You're right. I don't know that I'm ready. Um, but anyway, did you? Is he in his underwears? I don't know. But um, all right. Well, listen, I will say that uh, I did think it was pretty interesting. Uh, the difference is, like I said, Dean didn't notice anything when I walked in last night. Uh, we talked for an hour and a half and he said not a word. Brooke came in and she saw me two seconds later. She's like, what'd you do to your hair? And uh, these differences between men and women have long plagued us as a society. <laughs> and um, hold on one second, let me turn this off. And uh, I'm super excited about today's guest. 
um, because I have been a fan of his work uh, for a long time. I think all of us have. And I was pretty young when this book first came out. And I'm so excited to have him on our show. I'm expecting he's going to solve all of our problems, explain all men to us, and then tell me that silver is actually super sexy and uh, it's what everyone's doing and he loves it. So um, let me introduce him to you. He doesn't need much of an introduction because if you've been on the planet in the last 30 years, Either you know his work or you're going to want to know his work because he basically has the secrets to life. Uh, so I'm super excited. So let me introduce Dr. John Gray is the author of the well-known and most trusted relationship book of all time, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. USA Today listed his book as one of the top 10 most influential books of the last quarter. In hardcover, it was the number one selling book in the 90s. His books have been translated into 45 languages in more than 100 countries and continues to be a bestseller. He's written over 20 books. His most recent book is Beyond Mars and Venus. He helps men and women understand and respect their differences in both personal and professional relationships. His approach combines specific communication techniques with healthy nutritional choices that create the brain and body chemistry for a lasting health, happiness, and romance. His many books, blogs, and free online workshops at marsvenus.com provide practical insights to improve relationships at all stages of life and love. He's an advocate of health and optimal brain function. He provides natural solutions for overcoming depression, anxiety, stress, uh, to support increased energy, libido, hormonal balance, and better sleep, all the things that we want. He has appeared repeatedly on Oprah as well as Dr. Oz today, CBS Morning Show, Good Morning America. He's been profiled in Times, Forbes, uh, USA Today, and People. He was the subject of a three-hour special hosted by Barbara Walters, and he lives in Northern California where he's been for 34 years with his wife and uh, until her passing in 2018. They have three grown daughters and four grandchildren, and he is an avid follower of his own health and relationship advice. So please help me welcome to the show, John Gray. Hello. Hi. <laughs> it's so excited to have you on the show. It's so fun to be with you. This is so wonderful. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm hoping Michelle will be able to put the link into your um, TED talk, which I was enthralled by this morning. Um, so, introduce yourself. I guess tell us how did you end up in this field before you hit us with all of your amazing knowledge. Well, I was a monk for nine years, and then I got married, uh, and I grew up with brothers, monk with men. My wife, I married her. She was from another planet. So she thought I was from another planet. So we figured each other out. That's amazing. How does one go from being a monk to being married? Well, as a monk, you're just doing it for personal growth. And then that was my 20s. And then when you haven't had sex, you're absolute 100% celibate. So, and I was very active as a teenager. So when you're haven't had sex in nine years. That's all you think about. And then, then I realized men and women were really, really different. <laughs> and married, found my wife, married her. And 10 years together, for the first 10 years, we were struggling with the same things, 30-somethings. You know, there's a movie back then called TV show, 30-something. Do you remember that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we watched that every night. So we watched that at least when it was on. And so many of our challenges were their challenges. And I was a counselor at, at some point, and now I was helping people make sense of each other. So I wasn't using standard traditional ideas. It's just common sense and logic. 
It's amazing. And so what made you want to then take these things that you noticed and be able to start spreading the word and helping people connect in a better way? People kept asking me over and over and over, you should do this, you should do this. And uh, I was giving talks on it I'm, I could, on a stage. I did um, Broadway even at one point, um, the Gershwin Theater. And it was fun. You know, if I just want to be funny and help people understand their differences, that's a benefit in itself. But as a therapist, I want people to have practical tools and techniques. So that was a kind of a, I'm always been a combination of both. Yeah. Well, I love that about, um, about your Ted talk is yeah. that you did the Ted talk and then you were like, Oh wait, I have some slides. I was supposed to do that. But then somebody started laughing and I started leaning into my, I mean, you're, I, tell you, I just, exactly. <laughs> I just saw an audience of 500 people or couples. You don't always see an audience of couples. Yeah. And so it was all couples. And I just, I was going to promote a book on ADD that I was writing for kid, for parents with kids. And I went, just took off. I said, Hey, this is great. I can help them. You know, couples are the ones who relate to my material the most. You know, if you're not in a relationship, sometimes you kind of go, well, he's sort of describing me when I'm talking about men. Uh, and so then when you get couples, they're constantly misinterpreting each other, misunderstanding each other. So they yeah. feel like I'm following them around. That's well, I, I thought it was so interesting and maybe you could, um, chat about it is, uh, when you were talking about working with couples and you said, we asked all the men to go into one room and write down all the things that, yes. um, make them crazy about women. And then you asked all the women to go into another room. Uh, can you talk about what you found there? Well, we spent a long time with the women. We had like five or six charts up there. And with the men, we had one chart and we had about six points. And that was it. Men were to the point. And if you could sum up men in one point, they'll just say, why isn't she happy? You know, never, nothing I do makes her happy. That would be the more exaggerated version of it. But mm -hmm. men are not into complaining until they are. Okay. There is a place where uh, as, as well, if women were complaining, men will always have a complaint back. Okay. So mm -hmm. we're defenders. So if you complain about us, we will always have an excuse. We always have a defense. And that's what I suggest for women to realize what is a complaint? A complaint is you stepped on my foot. Ow, you stepped on your foot, my foot. Don't do that. Then we'll, men will always explain why he didn't see it or she's too sensitive or it's not a big deal. And that's not very nice for the her. You know, she wants to feel heard. So if you want to be heard, look at your complaints and convert them into a request. You can go, Ow, you can still do Alf at her and just say, honey, it's not a big deal. See, this is the most important thing. It's not a big deal. Men will listen to that. Okay. Women never think of it's not a big deal because the worst thing I could say to my wife, if she is, if I stepped on her foot, honey, it's no big deal. You see how that's not, it's not a big deal. So she didn't think to say that for men, we minimize everything. The more we can minimize it, then it becomes a package that we can make a choice to change. Maybe that's one explanation. But all I know is that when you say to a guy, no big deal, he's ready to have a heart attack. Yeah. It's like, how long is this going to go? Uh, yeah. These are. <laughs> so what you can do is, it's not a big deal. Next time, would you not step on my foot? You see, that is a request. Always give men a request rather than just a complaint, which is an re implied request. That's simpler for us to, we need a direction. <laughs> you know, they even did studies with kids and they say, when you say to a child, don't do that. There's like an urge to do that. It's yeah. like, if you push at them, they push back. Mm -hmm. Instead, you say that doesn't work. 
next time, this is what I would like you to do. Hmm. Now, the other thing I thought was so interesting is how much you talk about just general biology and how that affects how men and women talk uh, and speak to each other. And you talk specifically about oxytocin and <laughs> oxytocin, those points that men uh, can get. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like all of us feel like these relationships are um, not so driven by our just innate nature, but just because our personalities really don't click sometimes. But I just thought it was so interesting. Can you elaborate? Well, one of my books behind my last one on relationships is called Beyond Mars and Venus. And it's all dedicated to understanding women's hormones and men's hormones. And the and that talk, I hadn't even written this book, by the way, but I did mention one hormone. And, and so I've sort of developed this whole thing, which is a new field of science to understand that you can take hormones and many of you are taking hormones and that's what people are doing. Mm -hmm. But what, what we spend our mind thinking about, what we spend our time behaving, our relationships actually are major triggers for the hormone production. Just like the hormone cortisol. If you're, if you're in danger, cortisol is going to go up. If you're talking about what you feel and your husband is listening to you, your oxytocin will go up if he's listening. If oxytocin will lower your stress level. If you're talking and he's listening, but you know, I was listening to you talk about your hair and it actually is hard to continue. <laughs> being <laughs> I started thinking about my hair. I don't want to think about my hair. I'm losing it. <laughs> so, so there are conversations that women need to have with women and men have their conversations. And, yeah. but, so how to communicate to a man about uh, a way that, and why to talk to a guy, first of all, we know that women's cortisol level stress hormone goes down when women's estrogen goes up. So even if you're menopausal or whatever, if your estrogen, if it's too low, you're stressed. This is biology. And if you're generally for women, their estrogen goes too low and their testosterone goes too high. Testosterone is produced when you're feeling it's up to me. I have to do it all myself. Okay. So that's that feeling you get when you go, Oh, I have to do this and I have to do this. Often yeah. the symptom is I'm overwhelmed. Oh, too much to do. And a man goes, too much to do, not enough time. Men go, there's always the same time. I mean, we just got like, we want to solve the problem and say, honey, don't worry about that. Don't take that on. But actually, if you can talk about problems, your whatever's going on inside of you, uh, your estrogen levels will go up if somebody listens. But men don't know how to listen. So we're not talking mostly to men here. So let me tell women how to talk to a man so he will listen. First thing is you can have a signal. I'm really into hand signals. Okay. You know, if you think about men historically, they they when there's danger, they become quiet, they go hunting, they fight or not. They have hand signals that they do. You know, pull the ear, they do this, even in there's, baseball. There's some hand signals I know some ladies will use with their husband, but I don't think there are any of the hand signals that you're about to tell us about. <laughs> I went, what are those hand signals? I'm not allowed to do them. Go on the Facebook. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah hand signals. Got yeah. it. That's I didn't think about that. Yeah. Okay. So when, when, when there's danger, men tend to get quiet and or when they're stressed. So that's the first thing to understand. It was a big Mars Venus idea, which if a man is stressed, he will become quiet quite often. When a woman is angry with her partner, she will become quiet. Mm -hmm. or she doesn't feel I can trust you, she'll become quiet. Mm -hmm. because, but men get quiet because that's how we process things. If we process them effectively. What I train men to do is what, what 
men used to do is we didn't complain. You don't complain out loud. You mull it over, you let it go. And by being quiet, you actually raise testosterone, which lowers stress in men. Men need to make about 10 times more testosterone than women or 20 times to be romantic. Success, independence, logic, all those things raise testosterone. If I'm solving a problem, my testosterone goes up. So if my wife is unhappy, immediately I want to solve the problem, which is not the problem that really exists. She just wants to talk. Mm -hmm. Why does she want to talk? Because if you just talk, it does raise your estrogen. 90% of the people who go to counselors are women because you get to pay somebody to talk. If I want to talk, I don't pay somebody. I just call up a guy and talk. Okay, so <laughs> this, these are generalizations. Okay, this right. is every man. There's some men who, you know, they. if a man has a big problem, he needs to talk about it. But for the little stuff of life, let me just take some time to forget about it. There was a guy named Darren who was doing the, hound, the, the sound system of my house and he kept being delayed. It was a new house at that time. And he kept really annoying me. He kept saying he was going to come and he didn't. And finally he said he's going to come and he didn't. He'd come and he didn't. Finally, why? That's This time he said he had mono. So can't get mad at him or whatever, but I'm just furious with this guy. I'm frustrated. My wife, Bonnie, knows I'm frustrated. Finally, I forgot the whole thing. I'm ready to go to bed. He's out of my mind. And of course, my wife at that time didn't understand. I don't need to talk about these things. So she says, well, how do you feel about Darren? Ah, I completely I just forgotten Darren. I don't want to forget him or Darren, whatever his name was. I right. really block him out. This is how men process stress. And it's the opposite of what therapists will tell you is that we need to all talk about things. Women primarily need to talk about things. Men don't. Not there's a place for men to talk and they talk with their guy friends. There's a place for men to emote at the Super Bowl. You know, we have so many ways we process our emotions that are different from women. So talking, go to a girlfriend if you want to have a deep conversation with a man. Instead, what you say with your husband is, honey, I, you can have a your hand signal. You can do a five minute conversation. You can do a 10 minute conversation. The 10 minute conversation, you just say basically, Remember, I don't need you to say anything. I just need you to hear what I'm saying, nod your head. And if you can occasionally ask the question, help me understand that better. Tell me more. What else? This is like support me in this conversation and do your best to try to connect with me. If you're talking about your hair's turning gray, it's really hard for me to connect. Uh, <laughs> however, what you can do in conversations with men is bring emotion into the conversation. He will always be interested in emotion because he has emotions. He's just not expressing them. So it could be along the lines of the conversation I was listening to you was, oh gosh, I'm getting older. I'm so frustrated. My hair is turning gray. And now I'm going to my, my hair, my hair lady. And, and I'm not sure she knows what she's doing for it. Then she, you know, I put these streaks in it, but I'm a little disappointed. It's not the way I wanted it to be. You know, it's, it's a bummer getting older. You know, I'm concerned it's all going to get even more gray. I'm not sure how to do it. Nobody's told me yet. It's so frustrating. And actually, sometimes when I look in the mirror, I'm a little embarrassed that it's turning gray. Okay. Those are four emotions, frustration, disappointment, concern, and embarrassment. Men can connect to that. And actually, embarrassment is really good because it makes you feel like, makes him feel like, yeah, I wouldn't be embarrassed. So I can understand times when I have been embarrassed. It's a very humbling thing. And it's less intimidating for a man. It just feels like I have a partner who's equal. You know, all women are excelling so much. You're so good at everything. You can do everything. You're starting to run the world. So anytime you can share embarrassment, I felt embarrassed, da, 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 da. Men will listen. And it's, it's, 
as long as it's not about him. Now, if you start sharing your feelings of frustration, disappointment, concern, and embarrassment or complaints about him, he will have to defend. This, that's what we do. Thousands of years, we're defenders, we're protectors. It's so, it's so interesting because I know you're specifically uh, talking to us women, um, but it was interesting because in the TED talk, I feel like it was such a nice balance and how you talked about with the men and like them with these points and how important it was. I'll go to that. Now, if I talk about that, it's just, this is what you can explain to your husband, but I'll do that. Okay. So the point, the idea there is men think bigger is better. Okay. Bigger is better. If I make more money, of course, my wife's going to be happier. This is everything is I sell more, I do more, I write more books, I get better royalties. It's all better. Bigger is better. Mm -hmm. and, and on an emotional level, bigger is not better. Every, on Venus, we'll put it that way. Every act of love scores equal with every other act of love. And men don't know that. So a man thinks I give you 24 roses and that's good for six months, maybe till your birthday or whatever. So it is it, it, it's bigger is better. Now for her, what he doesn't know about her is he can bring like on Thursday, he could bring 24 roses and his mind goes, oh, I surprised her. That's romantic. But still, that's just one point of oxytocin and stress reduction. She has like a bank and you're storing up points in that bank. Uh -huh. And what he doesn't know is that doing lots of little things, every little thing, I can bring 24 roses. I can bring one rose. I'll get the same hormonal response. See, that's the whole key is build the hormones up where she feels a, a stream of little things that say, I love you, that you're a priority to me, that I'm thinking about you, that I see you. You know, you're just talking about your husband didn't even see your hair, <laughs> got your hair done, he didn't notice it, didn't even say anything. Mm -hmm. Well, that's me too. My daughter did her hair the other day. <laughs> she said, I knew something was going on, but I couldn't figure it out what it was. <laughs> she said, don't you notice my hair down? So what Bonnie would always do for me is the day before she got her haircut, she would say, John, I just want to remind you, I'm getting my haircut tomorrow. And actually, she didn't say remind. She says, John, I just want you to know I'm going to get my haircut tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I would wonder, why is she telling me? <laughs> she's, she's, trying, really, she's trying to tee it up for you, John. She's teeing it up for me. So when she walks in the door, I can say, oh, you got your haircut. That's a point, maybe even a double point. Yeah. I, all about, so I teach men how to do little things that you can explain to him that I'm different, have different hormone system, mm -hmm. and little things score equal to others. And here's little things you can do. Four hugs a day, which is he pursues her. She doesn't go to him. He finds her. See, finding her is a point. Pursuing. Remember, we started, we pursued in the beginning. He finds her. He gives her a hug. When he gives her a hug, it's actually biologically true. It's a six second hug, six seconds. And then there's a surge of oxytocin, which then allows her to feel, remember, I can depend on this guy. When you, for certain things, for hugs, yes, that he cares, that he loves you, that you're important. Because this feeling of I can depend on something for my needs to be met, for my happiness. You know, we depend on food for this. We depend on air for this. I depend on my husband for certain things. So when you're feeling I can go to him and I'll get something and it's predictable, that's a surge of estrogen. And women need to make more estrogen than men. So men don't instinctively think of, oh, she probably needs more estrogen, you know, or mm -hmm. she probably needs more hugs. That's really what he would not know. But, it, but the hugs bring the oxytocin, which raise the estrogen. So Melissa has a question. She said, here's a question. When I change something, I'll ask, do you like it? His reply is, what's wrong with it? <laughs> so this is, 
And she said, how do I respond? You educate a man. Men are trainable. You can say, well, that's nice. Something nicer to say would be on my language, on my planet, then you can be playful for it, is looks great. look beautiful. You don't even have to say the thing, what it is. You say, you look beautiful. You always say you look beautiful. It looks wonderful. You don't go for a guy for really uh, accurate descriptions of who you are. You look to him for reassurance, unless he's a fashion designer. You know, <laughs> if, she, if she looks at, if she looks at, uh, if she, I remember when Bonnie turned 40, okay. And I, she got a little extra weight on her legs. And so she pointed at some cellulite. And I didn't, I, I didn't even notice it. Yeah, I don't notice those things. Men don't see this stuff. They Women don't. see every little detail. And so he's, she's pointing at this spot and she says, do you see that? <laughs> I said, no. Do you see that? <laughs> no. Are you turned on to that? I said, honey, I'm so turned on to you. I love you. See, these are things men have to learn the language. I even teach couples a script. And this is something a woman can teach a man. She can say just using her feminine power, which feminine power is to draw into you what you want. Okay. Masculine power is to produce what you want, to create. We all have it. Okay. I wrote these books, but I also have my feminine power, which attracts people to read my books. When a relationship feminine power is getting this guy to change for you without trying to change him. <laughs> that seems paradoxical, but it's informing him of what makes you happy. When you inform a man in a way where he doesn't feel criticized, so you can't, Whenever you're saying to a man, you should change, he feels to a certain extent, he feels criticized. What? I'm not good enough the way I am. What's the problem here? You know, you, this is who I was when you married me. So why are you trying to pick at me? So, and that's a fair statement. So love him the way he is. You married him the way he is. Now what you do in training a man is asking him to do things for you and then giving a big reward, big smile. Like, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Oh, my day's so much nicer oh. now. So let me ask you this, John, because we got we have some real powerful women in, in this group, right? And I feel like you described it more. You see more and more women are leaving and divorcing in higher numbers than ever. They're choosing to leave later in life. They're educated more than ever. Um, how do you, what do you say when like you're talking? What I hear you saying is if you're able to communicate what you need and what you want, it's always a better thing, right? Just being able to talk about that. That's what I hear you saying. But you've said a couple of times, you can train him. You can train him to be what you need. And um, when you say it that way, uh, I feel like, because I'm reading the comments as they go by, a lot of women are like, why do we have to train them? Like, what do you say to that? Because I look at it like it's taken me 51 years to figure out who I am and what I like. So why would I keep that a secret? I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you, this makes me happy and this pisses me off. You get to choose. It's like a choose your own adventure here. And I would like it if you did this. Like, what do you say? It's called being a grown up. Grown ups ask for what they want. That's all I'm saying. And when you ask for what you want, it took you 51 years to know what you want. You grew up. You now know what you want. Now start asking for what you want. You can't, you took you 51 years. How's he supposed to know? Okay. We don't know what women want. And when we do it once, we think, okay, I did that already. It's no big deal. I don't have to do it again. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm training women how to train men. Women have to be trained how to train men. Women today don't know how, how to get what you want, yeah. how to get what you want. You become businesswoman. You know how to get what you want. The rules are very clear. The rules are not clear in relationship because what women want today in relationships is completely different than in my mother's generation. Just mm -hmm. get this. See, when as soon as you can support yourself, all right, as soon as you're out of survival, 
See, the world used to be man-made money, came home, watched TV or fixed something. Mm. Women didn't complain about all the complaints women had. They thought, oh, he's ignoring me. My mother didn't care. She's busy with seven kids. My father's sitting up there watching TV all the time, watching the news, complaining about the government. You know, th th this was a happy family. Women did not have all this neediness that they have. And whenever you're complaining, you're needy. Now, you can, if you're asking, you're not needy. You're just making a reasonable request for something that's important to you that he doesn't know about. And you have to train him to do it. Everybody has to be trained. Women have to be trained how to get what you want in a relationship with a man. And these women have already been trained how to be successful in the work world. You were trained to do that. You didn't just automatically do that. So what's the big deal with relationships today? Well, as soon as society is out of survival, which we have conveniences, we have time, all this stuff. Well, this is a concept a hundred years old, which is mad. What happened? Did we freeze? So women have a set. We're back. So women have a set of emotional needs that men have no awareness of. And most women don't know what they are. All they know is they just know what they're unhappy about. You know, I asked my wife, where do you want to go eat dinner? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Tell her you like this. Nope. I don't like that. Nope. I don't like that. Nope. I don't like that. Now she knows what she wants. Okay. So there's a place of knowing what you need. And it's very confusing because I think psychology, most psychologists, Basically, what you need is a different man as opposed to how to train the man to bring out the guy you fell in love with. Mm -hmm. For example, if you look at when women are happy, their estrogen levels are rising in the presence of a man and their testosterone is going down. That's the feeling of testosterone is I've got to do something. Estrogen, I've got someone to do it for me. So what was a romantic gesture used to be? You go to your car, the man would open the door for you and you would get out. This is something you can do yourself that instead you let him do for you. Mm -hmm. So a ton of things emotionally that you could do for yourself, but you can allow him to do for you. He doesn't know what to do. Those things are you've, you've say 50 years to know what you need. And even then what I point out to women is what they need is to talk about their vulnerable feelings. A matter of fact, you're talking all about your hair because you want to look beautiful. Looking beautiful is you want to feel your partner sees you as beautiful. You can walk into the room undressed and he doesn't even notice you. We, why do I need to look? I've seen you a thousand times. So what's it to look at? But suddenly you make a request and now you make a request, which is vulnerable. I'll give women one takeaway. Some women are going to go like this and some women are going to use it and your husband's going to love you more. So this is one technique so powerful. And I, I don't know how much time I have to talk, but probably not much more. So I'm going to give you some of my best stuff. It's not in my books, but this, most of this is explained in beyond Mars and Venus because it's hormonal. See, it's all hormonal. And at this age, you understand hormones. I get that. I get that. Uh -huh. Learning how to ask a man for things that he can respond yes to. So it's in the range of what he can respond yes to. You already understand him motivate him. Why do I have to motivate him? Because you are biologically over-motivated because you can make a baby. Why are you overwhelmed and stressed? Because you're over-motivated. Men are under-motivated. Look at the distinction. If I'm not motivated, think of me as got magnets on my butt at the end of the day. Now, when I go to work, I'm motivated. When I come home, I'm there to recover. I'm mm -hmm. rebuilding my testosterone. And it turns out you rebuild testosterone. I need to make 20 times more than you do to rebuild my testosterone. And one way is to relax. I've got a hobby. I can be playing a game. Anything a woman considers to be a complete waste of time is a 
testosterone rebuilder for a man, but only if he used it up, he has to go to work and then he comes home to relax. Then he can be more intimate with his partner. There's a process there, but here's the guy with magnets on his butt. For sure, his wife is overwhelmed. She can't relax. She's overwhelmed. She has all these things to do. And she's looking at him like, I'm not getting any help. She's not asking him for help. Or if she does, she complains. But anyway, so she's busy, busy, busy. And I say to her, hey, why don't you take a moment to relax? Just sit there, forget everything. Relax on the couch. She can't do that. See, there's differences. She's overwhelmed. He's underwhelmed. Why do you have to motivate a man? Biologically, we have this gene that you that you don't have, which is called the emergency gene. The emergency gene is or the efficiency gene. I only do things I have to do. Well, if I have to do something to make my wife happy, clearly if I needed something for my wife. I would ask her for it if she didn't already do it. That's right. just common sense. You say, why do I have to ask? I say, why don't you ask? <laughs> this is like, you have to understand we're in different worlds. And if you don't understand how men are different, then when the difference shows up, like the one you pointed out, and they're all, why do I have to? <laughs> because you're with a man, that's why. And you want to be with a woman, be with a woman. You don't have to with a woman and both be overwhelmed together. <laughs> you got to be with a man. So many women are not getting the potential they want. If you were, if you were not such a powerful woman and you could just uh, have the life you want, your husband provide all the money and support. You did the jobs you wanted to do because you enjoyed doing them. Or if you just liked whatever you want to do and he provided it, you wouldn't have these complaints. Okay. That would be enough, but that's not the world today. Women want to be independent. There's a great thing about being, I like being independent. You know, if I, the open road, I want to punch it and go. So many women want to do that as well. That's their male side feels good until it doesn't because you have to balance the male side of you with the female side of you. And the female side of you is the part that regulates your hormones. And so you need to have, you need to have more estrogen. And all of you know, you're losing estrogen every day. So keep the estrogen up. So what do you do? I'm going to give you my best technique. So you all know if you're married, you love your husband, he loves you. You know that. Okay. So if you were to say to your husband, do you love me? He said, well, of course I love you. And some men would take it as criticism even. They would, what do you mean? Why are you asking if I love you? Of course, I do all these things because I love you. Logic, okay? Now, and many women go, I know he loves me. Why would I ask him if he loves me? Think about what you want today. If you're in a marriage, long-term marriage, you want to feel the way to a certain extent, how you felt in the beginning. Everybody's talking about how can we bring back the attraction? How can we bring back that vulnerability? How can we bring back that? Uh -huh. I've done a whole study on... What do men do when they're in the beginning and teach them? And what do women do in the beginning? Okay. So what women do in the beginning, it's not so much doing, it's being. And what women are being is somewhat insecure, which strong women just can't admit. But you mean at the beginning of a relationship? Beginning of a relationship when you okay. fall in love. All right. Well, what are we doing that's in, that comes off as insecure? When you look in the mirror at your hair, I'm looking at that as you're so insecure. Who cares how you look? See, that's a kind of insecurity. You don't realize it. And at the beginning, and what's the main thing you think when you're falling in love with a man? Does he love me? Every woman asks me, does he love me? What are the signs that they love me? Does he love me? So that's always inside of a woman. It's always inside of me as a man. Am I successful? Because success produces testosterone. That's all men are looking for. You know, if you want to get a man to be interested in you, besides not complaining, that's another one, but asking and then rewarding as opposed to why should I have to ask? <laughs> there's no appreciation of that at all. It's kind of like, I'm doing laundry. You should do, you should do dishes. What's the big deal? No, for men, you have to understand their wiring. They need more testosterone. So he does something. 
that one of the glasses isn't dirty. He spent 20 minutes doing it, 30 minutes doing it. And many women would say, why didn't you do this glass? She has no idea that that makes him go, why do I even bother? You know, it, it's it's simply little things, communication. Let me ask you this. And we are, we are running out of time. No point yet, but go okay. ahead. Okay. Um, well, I you know, I think all of these, I think uh, that so much of what you're saying is is about communication, about putting out what you need, hearing what men need, you know, and that can. No, it's more about women asking for what they need. Just just let you know that. Well, but you also said, you know, men need to be validated. Men need to not feel defensive, you know, just being able to hear on both sides. But what do you say? I know you said you do lots of just kind of marriage counseling in general. Um, you know, what do you say to women who have asked and have expressed? <laughs> I've never heard a woman know how to ask. Well, I mean, tell me how you ask your husband for anything. Well, I'm divorced now. I made the okay, decision. Well, tell me how you used to ask. Um, I I am a big believer in the rule of three, and I I would do the same with my kids uh, and talk about. I don't training. know the rule of three. The rule of three for me was I'm going to ask you to, hey, can you do this? And I'm wrong way to ask. And well, that's how I did it. And then the second time it didn't work. I've never met a woman who knows how to ask a man because just as men don't know how to listen to women, men don't know how to be romantic with women. Men, most men don't know how to make love to a woman. All those aspects we don't know. Women don't know how to ask a man. That, that's the first thing you said. Hey, can you do this? Not the way to ask. But next thing, what's another way you would ask? Is that you said the rule of three? Um, well, I feel like, that, but I feel like that there are people in relationships that um, that are asking that way, and it, I think every person is different, don't you? I don't, don't, I, I, don't you think that there are some that do respond to that? Yeah. No. You asked a lot. Is every person different? Absolutely. I'm looking at people who have problems in relationship. And for those people who have problems in relationships, they get divorced or they're not able to find somebody. They, no man is ever good enough for them. What is wrong with that person? What's, what are they missing out? Are you just going to go, oh, can't have a relationship? Well, that's okay too. If you don't want to have a relationship, I have no judgment on it. But if you're wondering, gee, why did my relationship go south? There's always two sides of it. Any time in life, there's two sides to everything. And what I've done is distilled down. How do you bring the how do you bring the best of a man out? This is probably all my reaction in a short period of time. With big subject to explain, trying to help women understand, it's not all him. You see, I'll go back to my basic premise. If you don't understand how we're wired up differently for our mutual benefit, we're wired up differently for our mutual benefit. If you work, if you know the system. But right now, women don't know the system. Men don't know the system. So when they see the differences show up, one difference we looked at is why do I have to motivate them? Yes, they're a dying day. You have to motivate them. And it's the most wonderful thing in the world to learn how to motivate a man. It empowers you. It awakens your feminine power of how to attract success, how to attract love, how to draw it in rather than struggling to get it, being disappointed, being frustrated thinking, you know, it's like you have a tool, it's not working, it's the wrong tool. You have to find another tool. Uh, and it's, it's missing today and nobody's fault because the world has changed. When a woman is a powerful woman, we'll call her that, she has higher testosterone than those other women. When she has higher testosterone, that's personality and then circumstance. One is you have an, a natural tendency to be more independent. That's good. 
and circumstance can force you into being independent. You have no one to support you. All right. So either of those two things produce testosterone. Anytime a woman is unhappy, dissatisfied, complaining, distressed, not being the sunshine and rainbows to a certain extent, her cortisol levels are elevated. There's no time a woman's cortisol are when, when a woman's cortisol levels are elevated, her estrogen is too low. Her testosterone is too high. Or when she's cycling, depending on what time in the, in the period, if, if she's going towards ovulation, her estrogen is just too low. And if she's coming after ovulation, usually it's her progesterone is too, too low. Progesterone tends to be produced when a woman feels, I like what I'm doing. I'm, not, I'm relaxed. I enjoy it. I have support. The estrogen project needs to, when you feel I can depend on someone for something and you feel that dependence if you were dependent on a man. But as soon as you can make money, you're not dependent on a man. Therefore, what do you depend on? So this is where you go to the next level of beyond survival is emotional support, how to get emotional support. Now, most women just go to a therapist and pay a therapist to get. I, say, I think, I think, I think more and more women are kind of choosing that. And I, I hate to cut you but off. They're not having sex. They're just uh, they're not having sex, sex till you're 90. I've got clients at all ages having great sex. You wake up your estrogen. It doesn't just because you lose a lot of it at menopause doesn't mean you can't find the right balance of testosterone and estrogen. We're just missing out on so much. We don't understand how we're different at different ages and in well, between men and women. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. If you'd like to get some more information, um, you can check out marsvenus.com. I want to thank you so much for joining us today, John. Um, I won't, I won't bore you with any more of my highlighting story. I love your questions, but I know I, I loved, I loved your questions. My, my highlighting stories. Oh, highlighting I mean, stuff. <laughs> it's just um, not a guy thing. That's all. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, you can check out uh, John's uh, book at marsvenus.com. Um, thank you so much and have a great morning, John. I'll see you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Um, so listen, everybody, it is, uh, nine 30. I want to thank everybody for, uh, joining us today and, uh, we'll see what this looks like in the long run. I'm going to check in with Dean and see if he even notices that, uh, I got my hair done today, maybe in the daylight. Um, I don't know who knows. Um, but, uh, tomorrow we are, so we have a show tonight in Morristown, New Jersey, uh, tomorrow we are going to be live here. Uh, and Saturday we are going to have a special show. I'm super excited. We have John Heffron, a comedian who's been performing in Philadelphia. You're going to love him to death. So, um, we are going to be busy. So I may look more and more tired as the weekend uh, progresses, but I am, um, going to uh, see hopefully some of you tonight at the Morristown show. I think there still might be some tickets if you're in North Jersey or the surrounding area. We'll be at the Mayo Theater tonight and tomorrow. I think the show is probably almost sold out at the Levoy Theater in Millville, New Jersey. Um, and Di and Dean and Steph were here yesterday and we were doing our rehearsals. So it's good to be back on stage um, and, uh, yeah, have, uh, like Judy from Saskatoon says, um, you know, do something nice for yourself or others today. And thanks for joining us. I look forward to seeing all of you here tomorrow morning. Uh, so thanks for watching as always have a great day and a blessed day. I'll see you. Bye.
Uh, hey guys, if you enjoyed today's morning show, make sure to follow us for more One Funny Mother content. Okay, alright. Morse code is tapping. And check out OneFunnyMotherStore.com for great, new, inappropriate swag. And for more exclusive content, consider becoming a supporter. She got a bad leg! Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow on One Funny Morning. <laughs>